What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 272nd episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, SBJ. And with me today, I have Travis. The best thing about Magikarp Jump is that every time I think I am finally done with the game and I hit the max trainer rank uh, and I feel like I am finally freed from this um, Skinner Box prison, I th- they release a new update and there's just like 20 more trainer ranks that I have to earn. <laughs> yeah, so we'll talk about that. Uh, speaking of talking, we have Micah here. I'm on the Ludicolo episode of the podcast, and I feel I feel good about it. Ooh, is this Ludicolo? I think two seventy two. Ooh, yeah, we're still in Ludicolo episode. Still in Gen three. I mean, if Gen three's done anything right, it was Lotad and Ludicolo. (laughs) (laughs) Those Pokemon are stellar. Uh, we got a show for you guys today. We have some Pokemon news, a little bit of Pokemon Go, Magikarp Jump, like Travis mentioned. Uh, as we are recording this, the finals to the Pokemon International U.S. Champion. It used to be called Nationals, but now they called it the International uh, U.S. Championships are going on right now. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But like I said, they're they're ongoing, so we might not have final results as we are recording this, but those will be up on PokemonChampionships.com. We also have your emails, and we have our Pokemon of the Week this week, which is Chansey, which was used pretty well in the championship matches that uh, I watched a little bit of. But before we get to all of that, we're going to do a mini Pokemon of the Week right here. Very unorthodox. That is very strange. I was going to say, I don't want to read the the Pokemon's name, but it's like the first thing in the biology. But anyway, I'll just read the biology. We'll go from there. I'll make it sound good. Is it? It's definitely Ludicolo, right? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Some of our listeners might recognize this from a couple episodes back. All right, here we go. It feeds on the blood of both Pokemon and humans. It is capable of, it's capable of drinking over 10 ounces of... Uh, that's 300 milliliters in Canada of blood in one sitting. <laughs> Golbat drinks so much blood that its blood type will change to that of the victim following a feed. No. <laughs> Occasionally gorging itself to the extent that it might become too heavy to fly, leaving it vulnerable no. in turn. Golbat is nocturnal and can found be can be found quite easily in caves. You can't just use the word gorging in reference to blood just so casually. I I didn't think it was possible to find yet another reason to hate the Zubat line. <laughs> but congratulations, folks. We found it. What um, a t- tragedy. A, a couple of listeners, both in, on Twitter and Slack, after we talked about if Pokemon Whether or bleed, not Pokemon had blood. Yeah, they, they sent Goldbat our way. I think they also... I think there was also... Again, I, this was like two weeks ago, so I'm sorry. I, I totally forgot to talk about it last week when I did have all the references in my mind. But there was also like four specific episodes with Pokemon bleeding. Uh, one of them being uh, uh, Baby Lucario. So yeah, uh, Goldbutt... Goldbutt... Goldbat Pokedex entry mentions blood and uh, there you go. Blood does exist in the Pokemon universe. The horror show Pokemon. 
<laughs> Goldbutt is my favorite Pokemon, actually. <laughs> oh, man. Let's just get into Pokemon news. <laughs> Good cut. The first bit of news here is... Soft bubble, bubble news here. Look upon the stars. 3DS theme now available in Japan. Two brand new Pokemon-based Nintendo 3DS themes have been released in Japan. Based on the Japanese merchandise lines, Pokemon Pop and Look Upon the Stars. The theme Pokemon Pop features a variety of Pokemon in artwork in the style of Japanese Pokemon merchandise line of the same name. The background music is a mission at Festival Plaza from Pokemon Sun and Moon. The theme, Pokemon Look Upon the Stars, features a Pikachu looking through a telescope alongside Cosmog and Lily's bag. The background music is Hiha Hiha City Night from Pokemon yeah. Sun and Moon. Uh, the artwork <laughs> contains, the artwork comes from the, the Japanese Pokemon merchandise line of the same name. Each theme costs 200 yen. No details about a release outside of Japan. But I want to say we got pretty much... Almost every, if not all, Pokemon 3DS themes here in America. I just stopped buying them because I can't do it anymore. <laughs> you got to save up for those Switch themes. Yeah, right. When they yes. inevitably launch them. Travis can talk all about all about this, but let me let me read the article here. This is from ComicBook.com. Magikarp Jump rolled out a new update last night, adding two new Pokemon. Various other improvements to the game. The update also adds four new types of Magikarp, a new league for players to conquer. Possibly the most important update in addition to the new Ultra League and a raised and maximum level cap for both player and their Magikarp if you grinded all the way through the previous leagues. The new Ultra League should provide something to do instead of beating the same expert league over and over. The new update also improves the speed of the game, removing some of the downtime between league battles. You can also now skip every cutscene to go back to feeding and training your Magikarp in a hurry. Beating Ultra League will unlock the new Pro Old Rod that will allow players to catch more Magikarp patterns. The new Magikarp all have distinctive forehead patterns that come in white and gray variants. Mudkip and Eevee were both brought to the game as support Pokemon. This means that they will use their special abilities to help push Magikarp to greater heights. Mudkip will give out an item every three hours, while Eevee's special ability will guarantee that Magikarp's next training session will earn an amazing effort result in boosted JP gain. Mudkip can be earned by beating the new Ultra League, and Eevee is available for purchase for 400 diamonds in the game store. A new Clefairy doll decoration... 500 according to... Unless there's a new update that reduced its price. I'm looking at it right now that it is 500 for Eevee. Breaking news. Comicbook.com. Wrong on diamond count. <laughs> a, new a new Clefairy doll decoration item can also be purchased from the store. Travis will check the price here, but we got 350 diamonds, which will give Magikarp a 20% boost in JP from all other Pokemon skills. That is correct. Finally, two new food types added. A Castelia stone and a Magikarp biscuit are now available for purchase. Oh, and also two new training exercises, one, one that features Magikarp flopping against a golem. They don't say what the other training exercise is. One is golem push, and the other is soccer ball slam or soccer ball <laughs> crush or whatever. So the golem one is the same as the... Well, I mean, they're all the same. It's just you watch it's a all, little thing, and then, you the get, <laughs> and then you get JP. But the golem one takes the form of the 
Dwebble, Boldor, and uh, whatever the third one is, Bush one or Fortress. Yeah, where yeah, is just, it? there's a heavy Pokemon sitting in front of you, and your Magikarp flops against it to push it as far as it can. The Golem wants the same as those, and then the soccer. I think it's Soccer Ball Slam. Let me see. It is called Soccer Ball Smash. Soccer Ball Smash. Uh, that one is just like Pokeball Smash and. <laughs> The unfortunately named Ball Smash. <laughs> um, y- yikes. Um, Sheesh. Uh, it's just like those where there's a, a, a ball of some variety sitting in one of those, like, it's, it's a device that sort of mimics, like, um, like a uh, tennis te- court. Like a tennis ball launcher or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And your I don't know what those are called. Returns? Flops against them to, to knock them away. So I got pretty burned out of Magikarp Jump. I went down to playing once or twice a week. I've been playing once a day now ever since the update. I, I'm really satisfied with, especially more than anything else, the speed changes, but yes, Travis, tell me, tell me how you feel about this update. I'm curious about that too because I completely stopped playing and I haven't touched it in weeks because of how slow it was. The speed up updates are pretty great. I mean, I, I would argue we're not there yet in what it needs to be for example the the best it could be faster yeah the best part of the speed updates is that before when you went back to a league uh, so the way it works is even if your previous magikarp went all the way up to say the and beat the second to last uh, magikarp in the you know challenge run of that league uh, and then lost to the final boss of that league your next Magikarp uh, can't just start on the final boss, has to beat every single Magikarp along the way. The game has always had the ability to hit a skip button that uh, makes it so that you skip the majority of the, well, you skip all of the cutscene that shows the jumping happen, and it skips right to the result. Um, but, But two things are changed now. One, the animation of the screen that comes up that's saying how many coins and experience you won, I think that's a little faster. And two, uh, importantly, the sort of congratulations animation uh, is like two or three times faster. Before it would be like, congratulations, you won. Then there's confetti. Then the next Pokeball opens, signifying that you are able to challenge the next person. And then your character slowly walks to it. Now, if <laughs> That you skip, walk is brutal. The walk is very brutal. Now, if you hit skip... The confetti happens as it skips to you. Your character is already like halfway there. Your character walks a little faster than usual, and the confetti and the Pokeball open at the same time. So it's much, much quicker and much uh, more tolerable. Same thing goes for events. So in a previous episode of the show, Steve and I complained about the Many Wise Words event, which is a joke event. It doesn't do anything. It's a funny joke the first time that the, you know, the... Is he a professor? I guess he's just the old man. Um, yeah. He's the mayor, I think, right? Oh, the mayor, that's, yeah. He, mayor he comes, Carp. He Yeah, that's, you're right. He comes along and says like, oh, you know, when I was your age, and he gives you advice that is meaningless, and it's funny the first time when you see nothing happened, but then it doesn't only happen once, it happens multiple times. Now you can skip events. So many wise words still happens, but if you've gotten that event before, you can just hit the skip button and skip past it. Thank God. It's not perfect because battling a league is still incredibly slow if it's your first time through that league. Um, I don't know why 
they don't just have the increased an- animation walking from one place to another all of the time and and not just when you happen to want to skip the the sort of challenge animation you can't skip the the main animation of the challenge if it's your first time battling that magikarp so you can't make the walking animation faster uh if it's your first time through that league so that's infuriating but like baby steps folks i do have a question for you so like when i was going through Whatever was before the Heel League, I can't remember. What was it like? Great League or what? Which one are you talking about? Fa- what fast was, League. Yeah, the one. The, whatever. What what league was before Heel League? Uh, he, there's Heel League. There's like Quick League or Fast League. I, I don't yeah, know. I think it's Fast League. So I know. So before Heel League got released, which was the the first major update to the game, I was two gyms away from beating the game and not having quote unquote beating the game and not having anything to do. I think they call that expert league. When I did finally beat Fast League or whatever that league was called, then Heal League was already there and I went into Heal League and now I'm almost done with Heal League. And of course, I'm like two gyms away two battles away from being done with Heal League. They released this update for this new league. So again, I don't experience Expert League, but everything I heard is Expert League is just nothing. It's just pointless battles. Is is that? Well, I mean, you get experience and gold. Okay, but like you and, know, do uh, you get diamonds, diamonds. Yeah, but do you get that every time you go through the league? No, but you. There are like three stages of the Expert League. You get it the first time you go through each stage of the Expert League, um, but then. Once you've beaten the third, uh, well, I don't know anymore because I'm back at the first stage of the expert lead now that the update has happened. So it might be more than three now, but at least in the last update, there were three stages to the expert league, essentially like expert league one, expert league two, and expert league three. And the first time you go through one of those stages, uh, you get diamonds. But then once you're at, once you've beaten expert league three, you just do expert league three. Uh, through again you don't get diamonds but you get gold and you get experience okay and there's no badge correct interesting but now you Hmm. have a whole new league to go through travis oh i already did oh you went through it all (laughs) ultra league yeah oh i'm on i'm on expert league one so now that you're back in expert league again after doing a whole nother league do you get diamonds or no yes but it's not the same expert league before when i did expert league the all of the challengers were not as buff like oh. now that now that the level cap has increased the the jp of all of the fish in the all of the magikarp in the <laughs> expert league have increased and so accordingly <laughs> you do get diamonds when you hit those um levels those challengers whose number is divisible by 5 so I lost out on easy diamonds because I didn't make it to the expert league before this new league arrived. That's correct. Unless me, I don't know how it works. Maybe when you go, it won't. I don't know. Hmm. Who knows? The, the in-depth strategy of Magikarp Jump. Uh. So now that you've... I have so many questions. So now that you've beaten Ultra League and you're back to Expert League, are you going to continue playing? Because it sounded like before the update, you were about to retire... <laughs> you, so yourself it, it's a lot of your <laughs> more tolerable now that the speed uh is increased um it's so much more tolerable i don't know if this was answered on a previous episode but 
the burning question I have is, have you spent any money? No. In the game? All right. I spent probably five bucks or I think the, you you did the special when they first yes. launched. Yeah. But it's good to hear that you can like not easily, I guess, but get through everything without having to spend anything. Yeah, I, I never even really felt the temptation to spend. It, it's not like one of those free to play games where it's like, I don't know. I, I didn't feel like spending money would make me have any more fun. So I didn't. All right. Fair enough. I also think there's a hard cap in what you can spend. I don't think you can spend more than $100 in the game. Listen, if I spend $100 on Magikarp Jump... <laughs> but you can get the... I give, can, I give you the ability to take my phone away from me you, permanently. You get the Diamond Miner if you spend... I think you have to spend $60 and you can get the Diamond Miner. $60? It's like a... It's a yeah. Magikarp Jump is a no, AAA video can't game. You, can't you get that without paying no, any money, though? Isn't can't, it just diamonds? You have to, so the only way you can buy the diamond miner is by get, using the the pokey bucks, and the oh, only yeah, way you get pokey bucks is yeah the tickets is by spending money. Maybe it's what wow. it, it's whatever. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's forty dollars. I think you have to get the diamond miner. It's whatever the the final purchases, which I think might be Magikarp research right here. Menu purchase. Uh, after five trade-ins of 2,500 tickets, you can get the Diamond Miner, which is 100 diamonds per day. So you would have to spend... That's a lot of diamonds. That's a lot of diamonds. You'd have to spend $40. You would have to buy the $35 option, which gives you 2,150 tickets. And then you would have to spend the $5 option, which gives you 250 tickets, uh, which then equals 2,500 tickets. And then you can get the Diamond Miner. And then you also get you get five training sodas, three three LP restores, one power up, and then one sack of coins, and then you get the diamond miner. So forty dollars. It's pretty that's that's twenty dollars cheaper than other AAA games that you can buy. That's I mean This isn't a triple A game though. I still feel <laughs> weird about yeah, A and B. I still feel weird about spending forty dollars on a mobile game. Then you don't. There's there's no real re- like I. The only reason you would really spend money on this is if you felt like you really needed all of the decorations and all of the support Pokemon. I feel like that that's that's why you would spend the money is because that's, I don't. That's what I'm saying. I don't feel like that it's possible to get all the decorations without constant playing of the game. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Like, if you're trying to get all of the decorations and all of the support Pokemon, I can see why you would spend money. I don't really care. I'm just going to get the ones that, by, you know, just reading their descriptions, think are the best. Like, the next one I'm going to get is Gengar. Like, I already have um the ones that I bought with diamonds that I earned in the game are Meowth, which I probably... Or no, Meowth you get uh from Binio League. So I have... I bought, like... uh. Litten, Slowpoke, uh, and Greninja, and then the next one I'm gonna get is Gengar, um, because I'm trying to make it such that I, I'm sort of, there's sort of, uh, different ways you could go about playing the game, I suppose. One way is to try to maximize, um, just things that give you coins, so you would, like, max out, uh, like a Rowlet, but what I wanna do is just, like, just blaze through generations of magic carps as quickly as possible and just earn coins that way by having them fight the league so 
Um, once I get Gengar, the strat is going to be all of my Pokemon will have their support Pokemon will have their abilities ready. Click Greninja, I get however many hundred million JP from that. Then I use Slowpoke, uh, which returns uh, one random support Pokemon's ability uh, to being activated. And since the only one whose ability isn't activated would be Greninja at that point, it's going to be Greninja. It can't then I hit Gengar. Itself? It can't do itself, no. That would be a hilarious loop. <laughs> yeah. And then, this is such a good strategy already. I'm really excited. And then you hit Gengar, which increases the JP you get for a uh, brief period of time. I think it's like by 50% over the next hour or something, or maybe it's less than an hour. And then I hit Greninja again, and I get however many million times 1.5 because of Gengar. Then I hit Litten, and I get however many million times 1.5 because of Gengar. And then I hit Pikachu, and I get however many million times 1.5. Then I do all my trainings, and then I hit uh, Piplup, get a training back, and maybe hit Mudkip, and maybe get a training soda and do another tra- training, and then there in one sitting, I've completely gotten a Magikarp to its uh, full, to its maximum level. Can you write that down somewhere? Can you like <laughs> post on Twitter the Magikarp jump Travis Strat guide? I don't know if it's even the best strat, but I can certainly... Put it on like the Investigate. or something. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's the best strat I've heard because it's the only strat I've heard. Uh, so it has to be golden. Speaking of spending money in mobile games, Pokemon Go has now earned a total of $1.2 billion in revenue across 752 million downloads, according to Aptopia. This article is off VentureBeat.com. Aptopia is an app intelligence startup based in Boston. Its total revenues for 2016, Pokemon Go's, uh, were $950 million. So while 2017 may not see the app making as many headlines in mainstream news, the Pocket Monster Catcher is still, still has plenty of traction. According to Aptopia, 57.4% of the game's players are male, while 38% are millennials, ages 19 through 34. Pokemon Go still attracts plenty, plenty of younger players, with 32.5% of its users being 18 years or younger. Millennials can't buy houses because they're playing Pokemon Go. Micah, how much money have you spent <laughs> in the Pokemon Go? Uh, I don't know. You remember when I said I can't see you spending $40 on a mobile game? Oh, I know. That's why this transition was beautiful. <laughs> Possibly, possibly the best transition I think I've done. <laughs> Listen, it it's it's very regrettable. How many houses do you own out of made out of avocado toast and diamonds? <laughs> and what other what other things are millennials killing? Um, uh, they're killing movie uh, theaters. I I saw this this morning. Millennials are killing sit-down eat restaurants like Applebee's or Buffalo Wild Wings. Good riddance. Prior to Pokemon Go Fest, I spent $70 in Pokemon Go. I believe I spent $20 on the very first day, which I felt was needed for me to properly report on the game and seeing what money could get you. I think since then I spent $10, $20, and then another, and maybe two more sets of 10 or one more set of 20. I looked through my app, app purchase history. 
And then because I secured a Pokemon Go Fest ticket, and because I plan on going, I spent $40 recently, um, mostly because I knew 20 of those dollars would go to increasing my bag size from 1,000 to 1,500. And for me, I, I mean, I don't need to defend my purchase. I feel good about it. Just not throwing away stuff and being able to hold more stuff makes me feel way better than being like stressed out of like, ah, I have 200 Pokeballs, but I don't want to throw those Pokeballs away because the Pokemon Go Plus burns through Pokeballs and I don't want to throw my potions away because now I'm doing gyms a lot more. I don't want to throw my revives away because I'm battling at gyms a lot more. So just having more bag space makes me feel really good. And then the leftover money I will be using for when I go to Pokemon Go Fest. So I have like 2,500 coins still left. I don't know that I want to know this, but where where can you look at your <laughs> app purchase history? It might be easiest on a computer. That's how I oh, always okay. do it. Uh, you just go to iTunes, and then you go to view account info, and then you hit purchases. And since Pokemon Go is only a year old, you just have to look for the last year of purchases in iTunes. I don't know that I actually want to do that, but maybe... <laughs> I don't know that I need to subject myself to that. Travis, it's been a full week since the update. I know you were dabbling with Pokemon Go a little bit. Are you still into it? Has this update changed your mind? Are you playing more? Magikarp Jump t- is taking I, over your I've life? Been, I've just been jumping for joy. I haven't really been playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> I've been playing Magikarp Jump so much. Uh, now that it's a slightly better game, I, I, I've been playing it almost exclusively over Pokemon Go. You heard it here first. Magikarp Jump, better than Pokemon Go. Take that, Actually, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, maybe. I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Go. I, try, I, I have gone three or four weeks hitting, my, hitting both my Pokestop and my catching streaks. My Pokedex is over 200 now. I just told you the amount of money I've spent. Micah and I did some raiding yesterday. We did six or seven raids in a row. Micah, do you want to talk about that experience? Uh, I lost a Tyranitar. That's the experience. I was very salty. But I got a muck, so that's cool. It's It's been fun. Like I, I also have hit my catch and uh, stop goal like streak for, I don't know, three three weeks or whatever in a row, three or four weeks, and... I don't think I ever did that when I was originally, like when I f- was first playing. Uh, this is definitely the most I've played uh, since I stopped playing last year. I've had like a huge increase in the Pokemon I have in my Pokedex, and that's been really fun. It's like every day is like three or four new entries. I don't know. It's just, it's been good. I, I've enjoyed it a lot, and it's gotten me out of the house a lot, which is really like, to me, has been important because I. I work from home, so I don't ever leave the house. <laughs> I like it's rare that I put pants on, so <laughs> it's getting me out every day into the sunlight. I was like, Micah, tell me about the raids in Pokemon Go, and you missed the whole interaction we had with like two strangers. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about those <laughs> guys. Yeah, I could I could sum we, it up. I, Our- that's like kind of frequent though, right? Like we t- tend to see people. A lot more frequently, like out raiding. Like even yesterday, we went to a mall here, Mayfair, and there was a. We were just looking for raids, driving around looking for raids, and we found one at the mall. 
So we stopped at the mall and we walked to like where it was. And there's a mom and her son outside where the raid was happening, just just playing. And we at first we were like, "Oh, that mom's just on her phone." And then we heard them discussing Pokemon Go strats together. But the best part was the mom was playing Pokemon Go. The little kid wasn't correct <laughs> and seemed very impatient with like mom taking so long at the raid uh what was really cool was yesterday when we were done at mayfair and we were out looking for raids we pulled over to a church and there was a muck raid that was the muck that micah needed it's it's me irene and micah in a car we're you know we're in a parking spot in front of this church doing this raid and we see that Two other people are in the raid, so naturally you look around and we see two dudes vaping in a truck in the <laughs> in the church parking lot. We were like, that that has to be them. And uh so we finished the raid and they they as soon as the raid's done and the Pokemon is caught, I think I think everyone caught the muck. Uh you see the car slowly back out and like kind of pull in front of us because we were near the entrance of the church. And they do a little wave, and then I do a little wave, and then I was like, ah, screw it, and I pulled down my window, and I was like, hey, did you guys catch that muck? And they were like, yeah. I was like, are you going to do more raids? And they were like, yeah, yeah, we are. And I was like, well, there's like five of us if we can probably do level three or level four raids, because muck is a level two raid. So it, it's pretty easy to do a, a level two solo if you're if you're high enough level. So they were like, hey, we'll just follow you in your car. Just drive wherever you want and we'll follow you. And they legit did. And we, we like, drove wow. around and looked for some raids. And then we couldn't find any. So I pulled over into a grocery store parking lot. And they pulled up next to me. And they were like, hey, we got this app that helps us do some more raids. There's, like, a raid 10 minutes away if you wanted to do that. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll follow you. So we drive over to that. And that's when we... There was... Like a magic car parade, <laughs> and then they and drove you into an alley, and they stole all of your <laughs> all of your prized possessions. <laughs> they took all our avocado toast. They took all my pokey coins. <laughs> so we did like a magic car parade and a Vaporeon raid, and another another muck, muck. another muck because we were waiting for this level four. When we got there, it was thirty minutes to the level four raid, so we didn't know what it was going to be. So a level four could be a Charizard, a Blastoise, a Venusaur, a Tyranitar, and I. Th- think a dragon knight anyway it's just like stage three pokemon so we're like giving each other thumbs up because like we're parked either in front of each other or behind each other and so we're driving into all these raids and then finally the tyranitar raid pops and it's it's like thirty four thousand cp so it's one of the top tier tyranitars and at that point there's only five of us and the guys in the car they were like i don't know if we can do this we did a tyranitar earlier and there was 11 people, and we got through it okay, but I don't know if we can do it with five. And Micah was very adamant in trying. I was very adamant in just, like, if we're going to fail, we're going to fail. I don't care. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm to the point where, like, I don't want to fail because that's a dollar. Because you can only do one raid for free, and if you, if you plan it out, you can technically do two raids for free in a day, but that's only if you didn't do your raid bef- the day before. So I've already, I'm already, like, $5 in for the day for raids. So I was like, okay, well, let's just do the Trantar. I've never done a level four. I don't know how hard it is. The weirdest part is all these raids were in like a veterans park. So not only are there, and it's a veterans park that is under construction. So there are all these 
historical buildings everywhere that are surrounded by 10-foot-high fences with barbed wire above it that says no trespassing because everything there is being remodeled, and there's a bunch of memorial tombstones everywhere, so it's like, ah, uh, it's yeah, not... Yeah, when you say park, it's not, like, it, it's not like a park that families go to. Like, this is definitely, a, like... A memorial grounds. park. Right. And to, to be clear, we weren't trespassing. Where we were, you could be. Yes, yeah, totally. It's, it was almost like, though, it, to me, it felt like we were in where they would film ghost hunting stories just because of all the <laughs> fences and barbed wire and these buildings that... And there was no one there. We were yeah. the only people there. <laughs> these buildings are just ancient buildings, and they're, they're under remodel. Like, they're fixing them up, but that's why the fences are there. So when the Tyranitar raid was about to pop, we had to drive down this really, like, narrow road to get to it, and it was at one of the historical buildings. And so when we got to the end of the road, it was just a huge fence blocking the building with, like, no way to turn around without backing straight up, like, a half mile. So we're, like, awkwardly parked at the end of this dead-end street in front of this, what seems to be a haunted house, waiting for Tyranitar to pop, and it popped, so five of us joined, and then all of a sudden, a six-person joined. So we're, like, talking between cars and looking around, and I'm like, guys, do you got a third person in the back of your car? Because I'm not seeing a sixth person here. And they were like, no, no, no. So I'm assuming the person was on the other side of the building. But anyways... Or the most reasonable story is that it was a ghost trainer. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> or they were in the building. Yes. A ghost trainer on a ghost train. Yes. Okay, well, let's just do the raid. This, the six guys willing to commit. We can't see where he is, but the countdown timer has started. So we, we start the raid. We go through. Tyranitar has like maybe 10% health left, but we have about 15 seconds on the clock. So we're all like screaming in excitement, really happy. And then with five seconds left, it goes, you have failed the raid. And we're all like, what? what? We have- Yeah, it just booted everybody. We have five seconds. strange. So it was like we 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 were going to we were going to do this. This was possible. A fun fact for people who haven't done harder raids. When you use a raid pass, you're good for the entire duration of the raid. So you can actually do the raid as many times as you want until the raid is over. As as many times as you want. How do I say this? If you succeed, you're good, but if you keep failing, you can still do it. If that makes sense. For the sense. hour. You can, yeah, you can go back in. You can even leave and then come back. Yeah. You just, you'll, if you leave, you lose the party that you're with. When, when we failed, we were like, we don't understand why it ended five seconds early, but we can definitely do this. So I, I switched one or two Pokemon around and they started, they got back into the raid because it's, it's free for the hour once you initiate the raid pass. And we saw that the sixth invisible guy, the ghost, we saw that the ghost joined back up again so we're like okay good there's still six of us uh ghost guy is in two guys in the car are in all that my car is in so uh, we i think we can do it this time and we did it we finished probably with two seconds left i want to say micah it was very very close <laughs> it was very close and so i think i only got five pokeballs or five premier balls i think irene micah did you also get five it was a valor gym five, so i know I valor think, people yeah. got more they get like a three. If if a raid is on a gym that you own, you get a bonus three balls 
So I think the lowest count of balls you can get is five, and the highest count of balls you can get is 13. So I was able to catch the Trantar. I, I have never felt so stressed to so excited in a matter of like two minutes <laughs> of being like, I have only five balls to catch this Trantar. I want a Trantar so bad and being able to catch it. Uh, Irene caught it. Uh, Micah, you did not. <laughs> I alternatively went from being the most stressed to the most disappointed in the <laughs> shortest amount of time. <laughs> I did not catch Tyranitar. I was <laughs> I was very disappointed. I mean, I I was disappointed in that like I was disappointed that I didn't catch it, but I still had a really good time doing it. And that seems to be like generally how raids are for me cuz I think the first one, I would like I was salty the first time we did a raid and it was I don't know remember what it was, Bailey for something. And I did I didn't catch it. And that was more frustration in the moment that I didn't understand, like, I didn't understand how the rules work. So I was like, I just used my raid pass, and I'm leaving with nothing, and that's really dumb. But once you explain, like, oh, you get XP, you get items, which I skipped past all of that because I was more excited about catching the Pokemon (laughs) than anything else, then it made more sense. And now it's more like, it's cool to get the experience and whatever, and it's even better when you catch the Pokemon just doing the raid in general especially when it's something really challenging like that which is why i like doing even if there's like potential for failure i that's why i like doing the raids like that because the challenge and the excitement of doing it is i feel still rewarding even if you don't catch the pokemon all was said is and and done i exchanged numbers with the uh with the two guys in the car and we went on our way but yeah it was a it was a really cool experience Raid hunting. Got two more news articles here, and then we'll take a break. First bit is off Kotaku, titled, Nobody thought a competitive Pokemon player would win a 4 versus 1, but he did. This happened, uh, this happened yesterday here. Competitive Pokemon players usually forfeit a match with seemingly unbeatable odds, but the first day of the North American Pokemon International Championship is a perfect lesson in why never giving up can pay off. Must be a John Cena fan. Uh, Giovanni (laughs) Casa, this season's quote-unquote Eevee player, found himself facing down one of the most talented players from Germany, Tobias Kozaski, in the third round of the tournament. Kozaski was using a team of Smeargle, Porygon-Z, Arcanine, Tapu Bulu, Harimara, and Naligo, which recently finished... Hariyama and Nihiligo? Yeah, Just, whatever the so, the the squid thing. Yeah, the split nihiligo spl- or nihiligo. I don't the splatoon yeah. Pokemon. I, I heard him yesterday calling it nihiligo, which I feel like is just a really literal like. Yeah, I mean that would work too. I guess he recently finished in the top four of the Japan National Championships. Costa made some major updates to his previous Eevee team with Incineroar, Tapu Koko, Whimsicott, Tapu Fini, Dragonite, and accompanying evolution Pokemon. And accompanying the evolution Pokemon, they have helped him throughout the secure set to win. So is this guy just using a pure Eevee? Uh, probably uh, Extreme Evo Boost or whatever the Eevees. Yeah, so e- Eevee has a very good Z-move where all of its stats are boosted by two stages when you use it. However, things started looking grim for the Eevee player. He eventually lost game two and was forced into a final match to determine the round's overall winner. 
Costa went for his typical Eevee strategy, trying to boost its stats before giving them to another Pokemon with Baton Pass. But on the second turn, Nialigo and Hariyama made it impossible for that plan to work. Costa's entirely stra entire strategy was shaken. Despite Costa's effort, Kazashi dismantled the rest of the team except for one Dragonite. At the time, Dragon Dragonite's demise seemed like a done deal. After all, it was four against one. Even the commentators, who generally try to never give up on a player's chance of winnings, seemed to call it. You can hear around the 25-minute mark in the video above. I was right the first place. Uh, extreme Evo Boost increases your all of your, the user's stats, which is going to be Eevee because it's an Eevee exclusive. Z-Move. Um, it increases all of the stats by two stages, so um, that's a lot. And then you use Baton Pass, theoretically, to pass it to something that has higher base stats than Eevee. Got it. Kazashki made a mistake. After putting Dragonite to sleep the turn before, he switched out to his Smeargle for, he for a heavily damaged Hariyama. And instead of going for the safe protect to ensure the win, he went for Hidden Power Ice with his Nihiligo. The move was four times super effective and left Dragonite with only 13 HP. Then, despite it being a 33% chance, Dragonite woke up. What's more is Costa's Dragonite was packed with Earthquake, which could finish off both Hariyama and Nihiligo. The crowd exploded with excitement, which is even audible on stream when you can see firsthand at the 27-minute mark in the video, Costa was still in it. After that, the whole, the whole game came down to whether Smeargle could deal 13 damage with, a single, with its single-only attack fakeout which works only on the first turn the user is on the field. It was either that or stall out the rest of the team by putting Dragonite back to sleep with Spore. Because the timer had run out and the players only had three turns left to decide to decide a victor, Koshki could have went for a tiebreaker if its Smeargle kept its own HP above 13 hit points. Kashka went for the first option and did only 9 points of damage, surviving with, four, surviving with only 4 HP. Dragonite finished the game off and granted Costa a win that seemed almost impossible. It was a match that proved preserving its Pokemon is possible even when all seems lost. Incredible. Uh, but there is a video on Kotaku that highlights the entire match. I have never heard of this EV strategy until now. Sounds very cool. Yeah, it's not like top tier or anything because it's as we've mentioned before on the show, it's always risky to run a strat that's very much based on pulling off a a setup early on in the match because as was the case here, there are times when your setup gets interrupted and then you end up in really bad circumstances. Um Fortunately, in this case, for the Eevee player, uh, sounds like he was able to end up in that terrible circumstance, but, but still claw out a, a victory, which, but I mean, just by the very nature of the fact that that's newsworthy shows that like, it is a very hard circumstance to claw yourself out of when you fail to set up um, the sweep. So um, it can be a fun strat and it's, it can be really punishing when it, uh, when you aren't able to prevent your opponent from setting it up it can feel like incredibly one-sided but right. yeah i just wanted to highlight some of the pokemon being used here before we take a break in the north american international championships i'm just going to run through some pokemon uh let me know if anything stands out to you as being unique uh we have a lowland persian snorlax tapu coco arcanine tapu finny and kartana 
That's one team. We got uh, Alola, Ninetales, Garchomp, Arcanine, Tapu, Coco, Castelia, and Snorlax. Well, uh, what was the what was the one before Snorlax? Uh, Castelia. Oh, uh, Celestela. Celestela. Yeah, sorry. Got it. We have Pelipper, Golduck, Kartana, Tapu Lele, Metagross, and Tapu Coco. The so far Alolan Persian, I think, is probably the one with the lowest, with the least usage generally. Like that one is the one that surprises me so far. Okay, not the Pelipper. No, because uh, Pelipper has Drizzle. Oh, okay. Uh, we have Mudsdale, Muck, Alolan Muck. Tapu Koko, Porygon 2, Arcanine, Nine, Alolan Ninetales. Porygon that's 2... A, for, that's a strange team there, but yeah. Porygon 2, Formosa, Nialigo, Celestelia, Arcanine, Gastrodon. There's a running theme here. Arcanine, Garchomp, Celestela, Tapu Koko, Snorlax, Mimikyu. Uh, this is the team where, well, this is one of the Pokemon on the team we're highlighting for Pokemon of the Week, but we have Arcanine, Buzzwall, Chansey, Gyarados, Metagross, and Tapu Koko, and I think we're getting into repeat, repeats now. Yeah, we have a Tapu Bulu, Bulu Smeargle, Mimikyu, another Alolan Persian. For the first Alolan Persian, Travis, since you said that stood out to you, its moves were Parting Shot, Foul Play, Faint, and Fake Out. Holding a Lepapa berry. Ability fur coat, nature jolly. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know what Iapapa berry does. Hmm. Not sure what that item does, but parting shot is a cool move. It's like, it's a move sort of like a volt switch or U-turn in that it has its effect and then the Pokemon switches out. But instead of dealing damage, lowers the attack and special effect special attack of the target so like you you um you can lower there the opponent's offenses and then swap your pokemon out so it's a cool move not a lot of pokemon have it it used to be exclusive to uh pancham and pangoro that line um but in the in sun and moon sill valley has access to it uh and then you can breed it into alolan meowth okay so it's breedable mm-hmm Gotta work for it, you're saying. That's correct. <laughs> Let me look up what Iapapa Berry does. Okay. Oh, yeah, n- no wonder I didn't I didn't know exactly what uh, berry this was. It's one of the many where um, Pokemon's health is uh, restored by half when its HP drops to a quarter or below. Um, there's a whole bunch of them because, like, depending on the nature of the Pokemon, it might have the effect of confusing them. So, for instance, with Yapabu Berry, you don't want to put it on a Pokemon with a lonely, mild, gentle, or hasty nature, because it will confuse them. Um, and there's a, just a whole bunch of berries that have the same effect, but confuse different natures, and I, I don't have all of them memorized. Got it. Interesting, there are interesting choices of when to use it and when not to use it, because, like, Citrus Berry restores less HP, but it does trigger uh, at a higher HP threshold. Just real quick, we'll run down the what TCG decks are made made it into Masters. We have uh, Zorark Break as one deck. Next deck is Volcanion Turtonator. Uh, following deck is Alola Ninetales. Then we have a deck consisting of Drampa Garb Order. We have a Greninja Break deck. 
We also have a Decidueye Alola Ninetales deck and a Decidueye Vileplume deck. And then finally... I'm sensing a, a theme. Uh, uh, <laughs> fi- finally, another Trampa Garboder deck. So TCG focused, it seems like we have a little bit of variety. I see Decidueye being used in two different decks, Trampa Garbodor being used in two different decks, but some different decks being used. If we get some results here, we'll probably report on this a little more in depth next week. Mike and I watched about two hours, but I mean, besides watching people battle and some commentators, I don't think anything too notable to report. Saw that sweet Chansey though, but we'll get to that after our Had break. A cool Chansey. Yeah, the toxic chance. Uh, we saw the backside of Buzzwool, which I don't think either of us have ever seen before. Which <laughs> is really terrifying. Yeah, normally when I catch Pokemon, I box them right away. I don't actually use yeah. them. <laughs> uh, we'll take a break here. We'll be back with our emails and our Pokemon of the week. So sit tight. We, be, we will be right back. You got to think outside of the box, Dean. Yeah. And outside of the bun. Think outside the bun. Think outside the bun. I mean, that's a pretty good saying. Yeah. 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 Think outside the bun. 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 Think outside the bun. 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 Think outside the bun. Isn't that the Taco Bell thing? And we are back from our break, and we are going to do some emails. So if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can send those emails over to sbj at pkmncast.com. Or you can go to pokemonpodcast.com and hit that contact button. Both will get to me. All right, this email is from Sophia. From they in the PS they said how their town is spelled here, Yak, I Ma Yakima Washington. Hi SPJ and crew, it's nice to know that someone from Yakima listens to this podcast. Oh, I think there wasn't there a Yakima last week too. Yakima that must be what this person is responding to. Yeah, connecting Yakimans all over. It's actually, just in Yakima. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to know, with Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon coming out, which Pokemon do you want to get in Alolan form and why? Design ideals for said Ooh. Pokemon? Uh, Sophia? I, I don't think we have any Alolan uh, Pokemon that were originally Ghost-type, so that would be interesting to see like an Alolan Ghastly that's like I was going to say Alolan Ghastly, but only because I want to see an Alolan <laughs> Gengar, because it's, you know... There's, like, no practical yeah. reason other than I just want that. It is possible, though, to just have I, I, Alolan Gengar because we don't have Alolan Execute. That's not a thing. That's true. Right. I just want more Alolan Pokemon that just are the same Pokemon but with cool hair. Like Diglett and Doug. And actually, yeah, I was going to say, do you have an example? Yes, you do. There's that. Yeah, that is, that is a thing that happened to Diglett yep. and Doug. <laughs> I just want that. Do you guys think that We'll get Generation 2 Alolan Pokemon, or are they hmm. really going to, again, tackle... Well, they could do no Alolan Pokemon. That's that's a thing. But I don't know if I would want them to touch more Generation 1 Pokemon. I feel like what's there is great. Yeah, I had kind of assumed that they weren't. I don't know why. I just assumed that the new stuff that we would see would be like... Like, there wasn't anything really new aside from, like, the Kyurem forms 
in black two and white two, right? They didn't introduce anything. Essentially, yeah. Like no new uh Pokemon except maybe some of the event legendaries were released after the release of that. I can't quite remember. And the same thing with like Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. I don't know. I just assumed that they they weren't going to introduce anything new aside from like alt forms. There were new but... megas in Alpha and Omega Ruby Alpha. Sapphire. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Was I was thinking of like was there a legendary Pokemon that got released during Black and White and Black and White Two that was only obtainable in Black and White Two? I think it was just Curie, like the Curium forms. Yeah, uh, I think so too. like you couldn't get black curium or white curium in black and white one. That was specific Correct. to black and white two. You needed yeah. the DNA splicers, but you could get cur- curium, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, if they do, that's cool. I'm, I'm really into the Alolan forms. I think they're cool and unique and everything. And I, it would be cool to see more, but. Both of you give me one Alolan form you'd want to see from Generation 2. Hmm. Um, Dunsparce. All right. I don't know how that would manifest. <laughs> Dunsparce no, not is Dunsparce. So, Dunsparce is like so particularly what it is. I don't even know how you... I think, uh, I think an Alolian, uh, Alolian... I think an Alolan Mareep, Blaffy, and Ampharos oh, could be, be interesting. Cool. But they already got um, Megas. That's true. Is that like yeah. the thing though that they don't? There's, there's no, there's no Alolan form that also has a Mega form, right? Until now. Oh, maybe, maybe. I'd really like to see an Alolan Politoed. Actually, I feel like Politoed's already Alolan. <laughs> nah, man. <laughs> I'd like to see a Politoed that's an Alolan Politoed that looks more like Poliwhirl. I feel like Slow King. Blossom and Politoed all already fit like some Alolan tropical theme. I, maybe Mellow. I'm, uh, this is going back a little bit, but maybe Meloetta wasn't released until after the release of Black Two and White Two. Oh yeah. Oh. I think, I think you could get it on any of the games, but just chronologically. Here we, here we go. In the case Alolan Giraffe. Wh- what? Oh, uh, Giraffe. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Would it just be like a, l- a I want, long giraffe no, neck? The only thing they should do to it is just reverse its colors. There we like go. instead <laughs> of the front being yellow, the front is brown, and instead of its butt being brown, its butt is yellow. Perfect. What a cool Pokemon! Well, I heard what, when I know you didn't. See, I know. Well, it's obviously it's obvious already that that uh, the pronunciation was off. But I thought you said Alolan Jigglag, which is the main villain from the Elder Scrolls for Oblivion Shivering Isles expansion and the idea of a beach vibes version <laughs> of the terrifying giant suit of armor that's the Daedric Prince of Order is something I am very interested in. I've never been so happy to hear anybody talk about Elder Scrolls for Oblivion before. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what if we had a, an Alolan Dawn fan, and instead of being, what is Dawn fan, just ground? Yep. I, it should be ground electric, and when it rolls, it builds up electricity. I'm sold. Oh, that's, that's farther than anything I've been able to come up with, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, like, ground fire, but I think we already had, like, Mara Cargo... And Slugma, that generation, which I think is ground fire. 
They um, are rock fire. Rock fire. Like, Slugma is pure fire, and Mag Cargo is uh, rock fire. fire rock. I'm just pandering at this point, but what about an Alolan Pylosoin? I mean, I wasn't going to say it, because that would just be a little too obvious <laughs> coming from me. too cliche. But I mean, like, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you, if you could if you could have an Alolan Pylosoin, what would be the difference from original Pylosoin? So that's ice ice ground, right? Yeah, it is originally ice ground. Give me, give me um, the type. Give me the type change. Uh, let's do ground flying, and it just gets <laughs> so it just puffs up so much and gets so fluffy that it just like uh is so not dense that it uh is less dense than the air and just floats up to the sky into the heavens where it belongs. From <laughs> from what the humidity? No, it's just, just puffs, less dense than air. Up. It's like you know it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> or no, actually, even better. It uh, it it's a uh, little eye flaps of fur. They form giant like hot air balloons that make it like a lighter than air uh dirigible. And so it just carries it. So drift yeah. drift loom has some competition. <laughs> yep. What would it ruin Pyloswine for you? If a lowland pyloswine, no, because the original had, one is still there. If a lowland pyloswine had visible eyes, uh, we've seen pyloswine's eyes in the anime. Are they terrifying? And they're great. I've never seen this. Uh, yeah, I think so. I can't quite remember. I think they're just eyes. I <laughs> think they're just eyes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like your normal, your like average ordinary. Everyday oh yeah, eye. I pulled it up yeah, here. They're just, just like, like a- little little button eyes. They're pretty cute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan writes in, says, I need to know if anyone else thinks this is insane. See attached image. I'm a huge Gen 2 fan. I'll get to the image. I'm a huge Gen 2 fan, probably my favorite generation. That being said, I would have a hard time paying more than $100 for this nice looking set of badges. Attached is an image of the framed gym badges of Johto on PokemonCenter.com. But for $180 for eight badges that aren't even made with silver or any type of interesting stone, that's absurd, is it not? They look nice, but I'm fairly certain I remember TCG events where they gave gym badges away for free. I apologize for the Pokemon Center rant, but can you reason out the paying for this? Steve, you're a good dude. Will is a total sweetheart. Travis seems like a pretty good dude. <laughs> that metal what he's <laughs> that metal what screams they did in the Burgess song was dope. Uh, thanks for your time. At oh, it's just Johnny. Uh, have you guys seen the premium Johto gym badge set? I saw the they did a Kanto set, didn't they? Yep. Yeah, it was also I saw that hundred eighty dollars. I could probably justify the price here. Please do, because I'm I'm in. What was their name? Johnny. I'm in Johnny's court right now, so please justify. <laughs> I'm not sure the quality of badges because they're behind glass here, and I do know I w- I I do have some of the original Toys R Us League badges. I do as well. Those are like your simple pins. Whereas, uh, speaking uh, speaking of reviews and badge quality, I. Uh, this week, the week of this episode, there will be a bunch of my Pokemon Center reviews on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash PKMNCast. 
And one of those reviews are, I don't know if it'll be this week or next week because I re- recorded 10 different reviews. Uh, one of those reviews were the Pokemon Center Hoopa Confined and Hoopa Unbound Pokemon pins. So those pins are $12.99, which comes down to uh, about six fifty a pin. And I would say the quality of those pins are are years better than the Toys R Us Gym League badges that you got back in like 2000. Is it possible that's because it's been years since? They no, have- no. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the, the, the back plunger and the thickness and the enamel they use. Well, and they're die cut too. Like the Pokemon Toys R Us badges were just like basic Squares. rectangles that yep. they had like a, I don't know, like a print. It wasn't like they had uh, any kind of bevel or embossing or like filled enamel or anything like that. It was really, really basic. You do twelve ninety nine, which is two pins, and you times that by four to equal eight. You're looking at about fifty two dollars for pins. So that leaves. 120 ish dollars of what am I paying for there at that point? Uh, as somebody who has hosted two art shows and have has done framing and uh, cutting and sealing, I think a lot of people don't realize how expensive it is to frame something professionally. And that's what you're getting with the gym badges of Johto and the gym badges of Kanto. Uh, not to mention that you get free shipping over $50, so I'm assuming that... Yeah, shipping is probably just built into the cost. Yeah, I'm assuming that 20 to $30 of this $180 is, is dedicated directly to the shipping and making sure that the glass here doesn't break and the frame here doesn't get dented any other insurance costs because you are going to get free shipping on this. That leaves about $90 for the actual frame itself. Which is actually, it should be more expensive. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've got to disagree. I just framed Irene's diploma. And if I didn't, with with a coupon, it was $100 to professionally frame that diploma. Here's the deal, though. You're going to a place where they're they're doing that one time for you. This is a, this is a difference between like a situational framing. Like I did a lot of framing, too. Because I went to art school and we had a lot of galleries and we had to frame professionally to make it look nice. And it was expensive and it sucked, but that's, you know, student loans. We did it. Uh, (laughs) And a big part of it was always that it was you were doing it it, like as a single person in a shop where there's like two or three people working that are doing it for you. And this is obviously a product that's like being mass produced so I don't there's think not it is. like they're I doing custom cutting they're not don't doing think like this products being mass produced there are so many 400 to 500 items on pokemoncenter.com i don't think this is getting mass produced they probably made 100 or 200 of these i mean that's still it's not like, a, it's, it's, not a it's not hard it's not to a pin it's not hard do not to, say that it's not hard to frame that framing sucks no it does suck it totally sucks but it's not hard to produce 100 to 200 of one like like pieces of frames that you're then assembling for way cheaper than what it would cost to do that for one piece like it's a really significant difference i i would i would be okay with like 
maybe it, it it's like 40 to 50 dollars of the Are cost. Are you kidding but me? But 100 dollars like of the cost? No way. Of the that frame, product? The frame itself is not. probably 30 dollars. The actual border canvas in there is probably 10. So you're at $50 there and then somebody's work to like cut that frame. They could be buying it, but I doubt it because of the actual size of the frame here. It's it's ten by five. Not, by not to five mention the fact 1. that three. That's not this like, financial breakdown assumes then that they're making zero profit on this, which I extremely doubt. No, they're probably making profit, but I I don't think that this is overpriced. I don't think hundred and eighty dollars for this Pokemon Center item is overpriced. On PokemonCenter.com, there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 different pieces of artwork framed by Ken Sugimari. Probably not framed by Ken Sugimari, but the artwork's by him. Uh, for $250 each. That'd be funny. So I am assuming that they are using the same exact frame company that they are using for the Kanto Premium Gym Set and the Kanto, or the Johto Premium Gym Set. I mean, it still says it's made in China, so, I mean, we can assume all day that it's, like, framed here, and it's really nice and high quality and everything, and it may be nice and high quality and everything, but it still could, at the end of the day, be made in China, where it's incredibly cheap to produce. And That's true. We don't, also know, we don't know the paper quality, we don't know the frame profit. quality. I don't think it's I'll a be ton the first of profit. To tell you, I'll be the first to tell you, as an artist, when, when you buy something that's framed, you're paying for the frame, but you're paying way way more for the art is you're paying for the art you're not paying for the printing and the framing and all that like especially in situations like this where it's it's very likely mass but even in China. even if you're well there's only 50 there all these are lim, limited 50 runs so yeah it's still being mass produced they he made one thing they made it 50 times and now they're selling it that's fine right. no one's no one's questioning that if you're going to sp let's say they get rid of the frame and you don't want to buy the frame, and they sell the piece for $120. So you're just getting the print itself. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That is a tasty profit margin. Yes. I don't, no, it's not. I don't know anyone who would buy a $120 piece of art and then just put it in like a $10 frame. You could. You absolutely could. And it would work, and you could hang it on your wall. But the whole point of professionally framed art is not only is it sealed so dust and debris doesn't get inside, usually the glass is UV protected so then when it's sitting on your wall and the sun shines on it, the actual artwork doesn't fade. I think that you are giving, I think you are think not giving enough credit to how oh, absolutely I am. it is absolutely. to frame a piece of artwork. But what I'm saying is they don't have like a shop that they're mailing these to in the United States that's framing these and it's it's like what you would pay or I would pay to go and have something framed. They're doing this through probably a manufacturer in China. I mean it says right like on the product description. Nothing. It literally says on the product description country of origin printed in Japan, frame made in the USA. I don't well, think they're making That's different frames than the badges which just says country of origin made in China. I guarantee, well, I guarantee you those badges are made in China, but the frame and the canvas are exactly the same on this and the other one. So I'm assuming they're getting framed in the USA near the Amazon ship center that they're shipping to. I think the only solution here is that you need to buy these and then review I, them for your YouTube I think channel. I do need to so, buy one. <laughs> I have a theory. What if, stay with me here, 
<laughs> what if the person in charge of curating the Pokemon Center online shop was told that the new games feature Alolan forms and misheard and thought the person said Alolan frames and was like, oh gosh, I guess we need a lot of frames. a ton of frames. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I will uh, gladly admit I'm wrong if if I was to get my hands on one of these and it was like cheap ple- plexiglass and the the mat was just poorly cut or hand cut badly or just a really thin like those thin mats you get when you buy a frame at Michaels that are just like see-through when you hold up the light. Like what I'm seeing at the pictures is I'm seeing double matted prints which is usually a little bit more expensive than just a single mat, and it also looks way better. But I will definitely eat my lunch if if there's... Oh, I guarantee you it's probably glass, and it's probably, like, it's it's probably, uh, what's the term? Compressed wood, what's the... F- the the quality of the frame? Yeah, whatever the, the material is, compressed wood, I can't remember the... Yeah, it, like, it doesn't, doesn't say in any of the descriptions what... I guarantee you it's still going to be like... It's going to look and feel quality because it's still the Pokemon company. Like, they're not going to go through a Chinese manufacturer that's going to make it look... And if the frame is made in the U.S., that's fine. That's not necessarily saying that it's manufactured in the U.S. or that it's put together in the U.S. I mean... It, it I, don't may be, but, I don't know why they still, would make a frame in the U.S., send it to China, and then send it back. I feel like... It may be. But still, I mean, it's it's significantly different than if you or I were like, oh, we should sell some Ken Sugimori art and have it framed and then mail it to people like this is a company that knows what they're doing and knows profit margins. Yeah, but that doesn't what I'm saying is that doesn't mean the framing is not like people don't understand how much it is to frame something. I agree with you that it's underestimated how much it costs to frame stuff, but that's when it's you or I and we're going to Michael's or we're going to not Michael's. We're going to the great frame up or whatever. Like also, by the way, framing stores have the worst pun names of all time, but that's beside the point. Uh, but you're right. It, it is. It is typically it is taken for granted how much it costs to, to print and frame stuff. All right. This is emails from Gabriel from somewhere in Canada. Ottawa. How do you say it? Travis? Ottawa. Ada, Ottawa. <laughs> Oshawott. Hi, my name is Gabriel. <laughs> my name is Gabriel. I'm a new listener. I've been catching up on episodes. I just listened to episode 264 where you guys talk about sound type Pokemon. This might be late to the discussion, but here are my thoughts. Flying would definitely be strong against sound as wind can easily drown out sound. Also, sound type should be strong against psychic as noise can distru- disrupt the concentration of psychic users. My love of Skyrim is also inclined me to suggest that sound would be strong against dragon. <laughs> but I don't know how much sense this would make in the Pokemon universe. I have a question for everyone. If you could be a trial captain or a gym leader, what would your type be? and Or what would your trial slash gym puzzle consist of? Thank you for all your hard work in making the podcast. Makes my days go by so much faster. I love everyone on the show, but Will is definitely my favorite. Gabriel. I feel like we get to ask this gym leader question a lot, but... But the, this one is different because it's also asking us to make some sort of trial challenge. Yeah. I just want to... Props to Gabriel here for really thinking about sound type. I think all the suggestions were really good. 
I disagree philosophically with the second one because all of psychic's weaknesses, um, as they stand, are uh, common fears. Uh, so, right, so the fear of ghosts, like the fear of the supernatural, um, the fear of insects, that's why it's weak to bug. Dark is a little different, but it's still, uh, it's still like, you know, the fear of, I guess, like evil. I don't think anybody's really afraid of, well, I guess you could be afraid of sound, but it's not like a typically recognized fear. So I, I, I like that Psychic has that sort of theme with all of its weaknesses. But I like the sound and dragon have one. never made that connection before, so that's really interesting. Pokemon's cool sometimes. Some, sometimes. It's pretty, pretty sweet. That's pretty neat. But what if there was framed Pokemon artwork? <laughs> What if we got frame types? The most expensive Pokemon in the universe. What if Conkeldur used the the materials it carried to oh, build no. giant frames? <laughs> As I mentioned before, I would be an ice type gym leader. <laughs> and I think if I were a trial captain... Here's the thing. I actually kind of like the ice... Slidey puzzles sometimes if they're done well. They're not bad. Um, so maybe I would do one of those, or maybe it would just be—I I don't know. Actually, if it were to fit my personality, it would probably be a sillier one, a la the like the fire trial in Sun and Moon, where it's like you think it's going to be like this intense spot the difference game, and then it's a like just a nice silly joke. Mine would probably be a similar thing. I'm not that. I'm not like a puzzly person it probably wouldn't fit my personality that well i would be a water gym leader i've said this before but my gym would be exactly like the cerulean city gym in the anime whereas except the water is all dr pepper (laughs) except uh, (laughs) like why (laughs) i guess my my like complaint of the game is if you have an all water gym and just like cerulean city in the anime they really required Ash to pick Pokemon that could either one stand on a platform and battle up there, or two just swim. Like, why isn't that mechanic or r- rules set up more in in the anime? Like, if I was at the Cerulean City Gym and I was battling a gym leader, I couldn't use a Snorlax because Snorlax would make the platform sink and Snorlax would then drown. It would force you to change to use different Pokemon. Like, gyms should have it, so you would be forced in a way to change your team up more than just picking six Pokemon or just picking your starter and over-leveling it and just burning through the actual game. That would be my mechanic of, like, hey, only certain Pokemon can work here. All water Pokemon can work here, but only certain Pokemon under a certain weight could stand on these platforms and actually battle. Hmm. That's a neat mechanic. Can I ask a question real quick? This is a question I think about... Probably every single day. In Lieutenant Surge's gym with the garbage cans, was there actually instructions on how to properly do that gym? Or were they solely relying on you to just keep guessing? Did they at any point in the game prior to that like tell you that you could look in garbage cans? Because I feel like once I walked in there, when I played it the first time, I was like, oh... I can look at the, um, it's, it's the garbage cans and I can look at them. And I feel like that was just like known 
I there mean, were certainly items in garbage cans before that. Yeah. Right. I checked but I mean, like, did they can. ever inform you in the game prior to that? Like, hey, you can look in garbage probably cans. probably some NPC or just who like... says, like, I, I wouldn't be yes. surprised if there were an NPC yeah, who was there like, definitely I, is. I like throwing away full potions. And then <laughs> they check her garbage it's can either in Millennials City. can't buy houses because they're throwing potions in the trash. It's either, in, <laughs> yeah, Travis, Travis is right. It's either in Viridian City or Pure City. Where an NPC says they threw away a potion, and then you go over to the garbage can and you check and you get the potion. It's definitely. So I think a thing. maybe that like is the the is what led to when you walk in there and it's a room full of garbage cans that you could yeah. look in them. Yeah, I don't think anyone got stuck on the whole p- point part of like checking garbage cans. I'm asking though. Is is there a rhyme or like does any does it ever state that like you need to find two switches to open the final door and how they would relate to each other or is it really just a guessing game because if you guess the first switch and then you guess another switch it resets and so then you go back to the first switch to find the second switch and usually with any type of puzzle there's like a there's like a reason for the puzzle or like a, 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 a hint or like some instruction. I don't think there was any instruction. I'm fairly certain when you get the first switch, it says you need to get one more. And when you get the when you pick the wrong garbage can after that, then it says something like, oh, no, the switch is reset. I believe it's been a long time, but I'm like 90. Yeah, I don't have certain strong that recollection of the puzzle to like even contribute much hmm maybe a listener will know i'm just i just as as a 10 year old playing that game i don't know how i got through that gym without just like <laughs> without just trial and error but i yeah i feel like a pokemon game is way more than trial and error i feel like there had to have been some instruction or some hint that i just wasn't reading as a kid i feel I, like i mean i, I, I think I we're to, also maybe over counting the ability of children to like just get something pretty quickly there are lots of things that i feel like i'd as an adult i would be like pretty mystified by but as a kid it was like no big deal i mean i'm not spending i'm not saying i spent hours on it as a kid i probably just activated every single garbage can until it opened and didn't really think anything more of that yeah i don't know as a kid how i got through these (laughs) but i definitely did let's let's do one more question this is from nick from Coronora, can uh, California? I don't know why I almost said Canada. Cornea, Coronoa, C- Corona, Cor- Corona. Yeah, probably Corona. Longtime listener, current Patreon backer, SBJ, you're the best. Micah, you're just as good. Now that that's out of the way, sorry, Travis. Oh, that's nah, all right. I've been getting. I, I have not been getting a lot of favorites this week. But I, I mean, don't think... I think there was a week of like a week or two ago when I was like three in a row. So I'm just yeah. getting my comeuppets. That may be the first time anybody has mentioned me specifically in in mail. No, you get you Hooray! get favorites every now and then. Hooray! Uh, now that we got that out of the way, I have one question: uh, How should one start watching wrestling? The topic has been don't. brought up on the podcast don't. and it's intrigued me. <laughs> and I saw on Hulu there are some seasons of Raw and SmackDown, but the problem is, where do I start? I don't need. Uh, there's already too many people, like peripherally involved in this. Sh- I don't need the listeners of this show to also all watch wrestling because then I'm then I'm just alone. Then it's like 
Because, like, now it's at least, like, theoretically there are some listeners who are in my boat who are like, holy cow, this wrestling thing is just sounds like a bunch of hot garbage. At least I have camaraderie with a theoretical listener. If all of the listeners all of a sudden start watching wrestling, I'm just on my <laughs> own, and I can't handle that. <laughs> you could also just start watching wrestling. No. And betray, like, everything I believe in? <laughs> it's a really good Excuse time to be a me? wrestling fan if you're not watching American wrestling. Uh, I want to give, like, a 30-second answer to this. All right, I'll be right back. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Uh, the, I would... I mean, lately what I've been telling people that have been... that have said anything to me about like being interested in wrestling this is gonna sound really like i don't know it's it's gonna sound like really hip and i don't mean it to come off i feel like i know what you're gonna say and i disagree with you but go ahead i think the best thing for someone to to do when they're interested in professional wrestling is to either watch one of two things to either watch a match that's ridiculous similar to like a young bucks match or i may like maybe one of the the like fashion files matches where it's the fashion police like something ridiculous to get you in the mindset that like it's really self-aware these days or alternatively if you want something that's just really good athleticism to watch Kenny Omega versus Okada which is like the highlight of professional wrestling right now see i yeah i disagree with you let's hear it i don't think somebody who does nothing about wrestling or where to start should watch one of the best matches of all times because i don't think they would understand the level of performance there it's like the way i think of it uh, the way i think of it is like this if I I watched, like, this is a weird analogy, but stay with me. I watched Pulp Fiction when I was, like, 19, and I felt like if I would have watched it earlier, like, when I was, like, 14 or 13, I don't think I would appreciate it. And I feel like wrestling is the same way of, like, there is you so know, it much takes going a, it takes on a in that match. Find taste to enjoy a film about putting a, a watch up in one's um, <laughs> nether regions. <laughs> I mean, I watched I watched Pulp Fiction when I was like I don't know about that age, like really early high school, and I really enjoyed it. You were probably way more mature than I was at that time. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what I'm I'm saying that about myself. So what I would do, this is what I would say. This is my 30-second answer. I would watch WrestleMania 33, which happened three months recent? ago. The most WrestleMania? recent WrestleMania. Mm. There are only two bad matches on that card. There's the Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton match that was bad, but very interesting. And then there was the Roman Reigns and Undertaker match that was kind of bad, but that was mostly because of the Undertaker being way too old. Otherwise, I think that that pay-per-view gives you a good insight of what wrestling actually is, and it's more of a performance 
and an actual show than it is about athleticism. Not discrediting that these people are extremely athletic and extremely talented. They wrestle with the intent of not actually hurting the other person, but in order to tell a story. That's what I would do. I would also say that WrestleMania 30 is a better WrestleMania, but I think at that point it's so far removed from the current state of wrestling. And I'm to a point now where I watch wrestling really pay-per-view by pay-per-view. Yeah, there is your your weekly Raw and your weekly SmackDown, but I don't feel compelled to watch them regularly. If I hear that there's something good or something interesting, I will go seek that out. But I think that every single pay-per-view that at least WWE does is really good at telling you why you should care about the match that's about to happen. There's like a usually a two to three minute like story of like why you should care about this and then the match actually happens that would that would be my suggestion yeah i mean i i think that at least i'm just going off of my personal experience like i found it way easier lately for people to watch a match and decide if they're into it way less likely that people will subscribe to like four hours of wrestling if they've never watched it I mean, it, yeah, but WrestleMania I think it's oh, that WrestleMania opens with with a match I would recommend, which was Shane McMahon versus AJ Styles. Did it really open with that? Yeah, and that match. I mean, was it incredible. was a good match, but it's I, again, it's like that match was the best. Of, that match was the those, best match on the card. Oh, I I agree, but of those of the stories for that night, I think that was probably the weakest story. So if you're, if it's like strictly from a story perspective. Like or story. why you should be invested? It's it's kind of weak. It was no, it was a good story. It was it was a character who thought their general manager was screwing them over, when in reality the general manager wasn't screwing them over. But then they went too far, and that what that's what led to the match. Yeah, I mean, I I'm de- I'm still of the mind that like the the best introduction is something that shows you that it's not taking itself as seriously as everybody expects it to be taking itself. Like, so if you, so if you were to do, if you were to go to that route, and I think that's a good route. I would do the Usos versus the fashion files at. Yeah. What was the last pay-per-view called? Uh, backlash money in the bank. No, it was at backlash. It wasn't at was money it in the backlash? bank. Oh, money in the bank was new day versus Usos. I just want to add that Quentin Tarantino oh, yeah, right. is an overrated director. Agreed. Travis, what's Quentin Actual Tarantino's agreement. best movie? Uh, his best movie is one that I'm not allowed to say on this show because it has a naughty word in it, um, but it's the one that has a naughty word in it. <laughs> the, um, the Nazi one? I, yeah, yeah, I also really like uh, Death Proof, and I really like the Kill Bills, but I think he's overrated generally. I agree with you. Travis, <laughs> give me the Pokemon of the week. <laughs> <laughs> our Pokemon of the week our Pokemon of the week this week is Chansey as Steve mentioned uh, Chansey was a bit of an interesting choice in the VGC tournament that's going on right now so um, I, Steve I, I, I'm going to guess probably you'll talk about what you saw in the tournament because like I mentioned sure. I, earlier in the show I was pretty busy this weekend so I haven't seen much but I can read out a set from our Pokemon of the Week Slack channel. This one comes to us from Slack user Gabe. Um, 
pretty much every Chansey set is going to be using Eviolite. If it weren't, it would have been a Blissey instead. Eviolite is an item that increases the defense and special defense of Pokemon that have the capability to evolve. And so Chansey is a perfect candidate because Chansey is one of those Pokemon that has incredibly high HP. So it already has a lot of bulk. And when it evolves, it mostly gains just a bit more bulk. So Eviolite uh, tends to, it ends up giving it uh, more stats. There's an argument to be had for for maybe, in some cases, you would want Blissey with leftovers, depending on the set. Uh, especially in singles, it's, uh, as I understand it, it's more of a toss-up. Actually, I don't know now in, in Gen 7, but that, that was the case in Gen 6. But So here's our double set for Chansey with Eviolite. Uh, the ability is Natural Cure, the EVs are 252 in HP, 252 in defense, and 4 in special defense with a bold nature. The moves are Wish, Seismic Toss, Toxic, and Protect. Uh, so this is a set that it mainly attempts to uh, stall out the end of the game. So uh, Toxic is your main source of damage, so put uh, Toxic Poison on your opponent's. And then you alternate using Wish and Protect so that you are able to keep recovering HP. Or, uh, and this is the reason you would run Wish as opposed to Soft Boiled, you can run Wish and then swap out to another Pokemon uh, that's damaged to have the Wish land on that Pokemon you swap out. Wish is a move that increases your HP uh, the turn after you use it. So uh, you can use Wish and then swap out to a new Pokemon. That new Pokemon gets the healing benefit of Wish. So that's why you would use it in some instances over Soft Boiled, which would heal you immediately, because sometimes it's not Chansey that you necessarily want to heal. But near the end of the game, your Chansey is probably still alive because it's very tough to take down. And then you hope that uh, Toxic is enough to just sort of whittle the opponents down as you stall out the game with Wish and Protect. Uh, and then Seismic Toss is in there because Chansey's offensive capabilities are very, very limited. So Seismic Toss is a move that deals damage equal to the Pokemon's level. Uh, in this case, that would be 50 damage because uh, in VGC you play at level 50. So um, you at least get that much damage. It's not a lot, but sometimes you just need to do a tiny bit of damage to uh, knock a Pokemon out. As I understand it, though, um, the set that you saw in VGC was uh was a more healer uh, oriented one with like heal pulse and the ability uh um is the ability just called healer i believe yes. it is yeah so the the set that made top 10 and i believe they won their round so they moved on to i don't know how the bracket works i don't i don't think it's a bracket i think it's by point system anyways they won their match with chancy uh, the moves were Soft Boiled, Seismic Tossed, Heal Pulse, Toxic, Nature Was Bold, Item Was Eviolite, Ability Healer. So, uh, Micah was actually over when we saw, we were, we watched about two hours of the video game uh, competition. Well, we watched like a half hour of video game competition because they, they sat on commentators for an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> but, uh, this Chansey really stood out to me just because, because I think it's, it's very easy to look at a move set on paper and go, okay, I'm going to do that. But it's totally different seeing that in action. So uh, no discredit to Gabe's set that you read earlier. When I looked at this set and I didn't see Protect, 
and Gabe recommended Protect, and I think Protect is, is a great move. I'm not going to discredit that. I see why the, the person who made Top 10 didn't run Protect, because you don't need it. There was nothing that could, that could one-hit KO Chansey. So instead of Protecting, just soft-boil yourself and you're back to normal. All the Pokemon I read off earlier... Not a, there, was, there was like not a single fighting Pokemon in that mix. There's just no active fighting Pokemon that could actually one-hit KO Chansey. And I'm not saying that... You mentioned Hariyama, though, right? So there, there was, I don't know. There was one Hariyama. Yeah, you were correct there. Yeah, so there was one fighting Pokemon out of you know the hundreds of Arcanines and Tapu right. Kokos that existed. There was no move that I saw during all the games I saw this Chansey compete in that even could get Chansey down to half. I think the only thing that could have came close was a Gyarados that was powering itself up over and over. Because Chansey toxic, to- did Toxic, it was almost it was pretty much a waste for that Gyarados to power itself up because it was wasting so much time powering it up. And that, to- that I, I totally forgot how much damage Toxic does over time. Like, it's so small yep. during the first turn, and then it just gets so wild as like it just dramatically increases there was with electric terrain out and with tapu coco doing its z move which is gigavolt havoc it it did like 25 percent damage to chancy and chancy just heal pull soft boiled the next turn and it was back to full health it was just unbelievable <laughs> was there How- a specific pokemon that uh chancy was out there to use heal pulse on like there was there like a setup Pokemon that it was aiming to try to keep alive. Chansey never did heal pulse. That, Interesting. Okay. That I saw it also never used seismic toss. It would just continue to toxic every yeah. new Pokemon on the field. So there was at one point all four of the opponent's Pokemon were poisoned if they weren't already knocked out, and then it just continued to soft boiled, and it 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 never went below yellow health. It just was incredible how much would you health it consider had. it. Yeah, like broken in competitive then because of that. Like I that sounds to no, me. No, I wouldn't consider it broken because mm, if you had no. one fighting type Pokemon and you used dynamic punch, there's no way Chansey would have survived it. Okay. Or or just use taunt. <laughs> it's done. Like <laughs> goodbye. Because <laughs> then all it can use is seismic toss, and and that ain't great. Also, there are I ways felt to like that. it's just a. It, it just is. It seems like a. It seems like the person who ran it uh, did a good job in reading the format and reading, as you mentioned, Steve, hmm, seems like there's not a lot of very strong fighting moves in the in the meta right now. And also, I don't know that a lot of people are running taunt this year because I don't I didn't see a single taunt from any of the movesets right. I looked at. I so mean, it's just I, a I matter of reading it. the meta and realizing there's not a lot that people are running that happens to be able to counter it. So that's just a good like meta choice i know the commentators said that if gyarados could have gotten to i don't know what move it was using it wasn't sword stance but it was just a move to buff up your gyarados dragon dance likely yeah dragon dance i know the commentator said if if gyarados could get two dragon dances off and then do its move it would probably be enough to take out chancy and i believe them because they were they were pretty spot on with with most of their calls but by the time Gyarados got its second Dragon Dance off, it was below half HP because of the Toxic. 
Yeah. And then its other Pokemon just used a move and finished Gyarados off. Yeah. And the the person they were facing kept focusing on the Chansey, which I'm not saying I'm good at competitive, but after you realize that Gigavolt Havoc with Electric Terrain doesn't even come close to doing 30% damage to Chansey, I would have just continued focusing on the other Pokemon that were coming in and out and just leave Chansey last. I don't know if that was a viable strategy, but I guess that's what I would have done in retrospect. Because even both their Pokemon attacking Chansey couldn't really... They didn't have the right type matchup against Chansey. But there you go. In Pokemon Red and Blue Beta, Chansey was originally known as Lucky. Chansey shares the same category with Execute. They are both known as the Egg Pokemon. Chansey has the highest HP of all Pokemon that can evolve. Excluding Arceus and Silvalli, Chansey and its evolutionary family has the most in-game items associated with them. Uh, for example, Lucky Punch, Lucky Egg, Luck Incense, and Oval Stone. Chansey ties with the with Happini for having the lowest base stat attack and defense of all Pokemon, both at five. And a shiny Chansey is kind of this ugly egg color with green highlights. <laughs> it's really the color of an egg instead of being pink. Uh, so yeah, there you go. And Chansey is 100% female for breeding purposes, I suppose, in case you didn't know. Well, that wraps up our episode for you guys. Let's move on to some house cleaning. Uh, I recorded a bunch of Pokemon Center reviews with the old head cam this weekend. Ten reviews specifically. Uh, four of those reviews are in regards to the Pokemon gallery figures that you can get off PokemonCenter.com. They're $16.99 each. Uh, they will go up one a day, all four. Uh, there's going to be a contest on those. So if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, and you like and comment on those videos, you will get entered to win all four of those figures. Because there are four videos, you have four chances to enter. Uh, if you take the time to watch the video, like the video, you know, all the smash that like button. I'm a YouTube smash subscriber. Smash that like button. It, What's it, up, guys? It's your boy, Pokemon Podcast. Back at it again with another <laughs> sick uh, Pokemon Center review. Got the head cam. Uh, Before we start, I want you to go ahead and hit that notification to get notified for all my new videos coming out. Ring that bell. Um, No, there are a lot of great YouTubers. I'm sorry, I'm teasing them. Uh, (laughs) That is not my YouTube strategy. (laughs) But yeah, I'm going to give all four away to one person. So again, four entries to, to, to... Four entries to enter as they would say in the business. But I think they're really fun videos. I think they give you a good concept of what these gallery figures are. I do think some of them are worth buying. I think others are not worth buying. Uh, I reviewed uh, a cup from Pokemon Center. I reviewed some pins from Pokemon Center. I reviewed the Tommy Z-Ring that you can't get from Pokemon Center, but you can get from like Toys R Us or Target or Walmart or whatever. So lots of cool stuff. I think they're funny. I think... They're better than the first four. People seem to like the first four a lot. That was kind of a test run to see how they would hold up. Something to look forward to this week. Uh, Other than that, uh, it is a brand new month. So if you want to support It's Super Effective, now's the best time to jump on to our Patreon, patreon.com slash It's Super Effective. Micah and I will be at Pokemon Go Fest the end of this month. Correct. Travis will not be at Pokemon Go Fest. 
That's right. That's sad. But if you want sick Magikarp strats, you can tweet at Travis <laughs> at the oh, Travis can I, W. Can I uh, plug something else too? Plug away. Uh, so recently, a friend of mine came to me and said, came to me with a great idea for a podcast, and I wouldn't have to edit it or produce it or like do any of the work. So essentially. A friend came to me and said, hey, do you want to talk about a thing you like anyway every week? And then a podcast happens, um, which is like, yeah, of course I do. Uh, so my friend Joe and I started a podcast called Got It Memorized, uh, where it, uh, it's a Kingdom Hearts recap podcast because that series is buck wild in terms of its canon. Like there's a there's a point in the series where 13 people are all the same person. Um, so just. You know, it's excuse it me. Go, it goes some places that Kingdom Hearts, um, and we try to try to make sense of it. Uh, it's 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 a joyful romp through all of your favorite Disney worlds, and also weird garbage about uh, three hundred and fifty eight days over two because that's the actual title of one of the video games. Um, it's the worst. So got it memorized. That there's just a. Um, there's just a preview right now. I don't even think we have, I think we even still just have our temporary, uh, podcast art up right now, but on Tuesday of this week, uh, is where, is when, rather, um, our first episode, uh, drops. So, you can already subscribe, even if you're listening to this just on Monday, but, um, the first episode will drop on the 4th of July. So, got Sma- it memorized. Smash that you like button. Subscribe. Yeah, smash that like button. <laughs> As long as you open every episode singing simple and clean, I'm in. <laughs> uh, the, I'll just say, the, uh, so uh, Joe makes music, so uh, their uh, remix that they made for uh, the intro of the show is brilliant and amazing. It's not quite just us singing simple and clean, but it's even better. All right, I'm intrigued. <laughs> Well, I think that will do it for our show. Travis is at the Travis W. Micah is at Micah the Brave. I am at Dragging a Lake. Any questions, comments, feedback, you can tweet at any of us or at Pokemon Podcast on Twitter. Otherwise, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super effective. Simple and clean. Keep that dog simple and clean in Just wanted to give a big shout out to Wally. You can check him out uh, over at drunkontacos.com. And if you want to be part of the shout outs at the end of the episode, you can jump over to patreon.com slash it's super effective and sign up for the producer tier. But again, a shout out to Wally. You can check out his stuff over at drunkontacos.com. 